Hello, everyone from Revive Ministry Podcast. I have a very special guest right now. His name is Sebastian. I feel like I know him for a very long time, but I haven't known him that long. It's only been like <laughs> six months. Um, he's an associate pastor at the church I attend, and you're originally from Texas. Right. I won't right. hold that against you. Yeah. But, okay, good, good. <laughs> but uh, what can you tell me? You know, people have to get to know because the thing I know is that. <clears throat> No matter what you know, what degrees you have, right, if they right. don't know you, they don't trust you, they right, won't right. listen. So That's can you tell point. a little about your family and you're like, a little about your family, just share whatever you like, your background, a little about your family, anything like that. Okay. Yeah. About my family. So like you said, I'm from originally born and raised in South Texas, McAllen, Texas to be exact. Um, my parents, in a nutshell, my dad is Mexican, my mom Argentinian. They met in South Texas. They had me born and raised there they're still living there to this day um so i love it great mexican food and uh yeah growing up i think yeah we had a really pretty pretty good life we were uh part of the christian faith community and um seventh day adventist to be exact and precise and uh, just i think we thankfully we had a good home um our parents my parents loved each other they loved us too and whatever they could provide for us they would and so very grateful for them and and one thing that i do appreciate at least from my dad's side, my mom as well, but the, the, they instilled in us the, the, the desire to work hard, you know, for everything and to really work hard beyond all whatever obstacles you may face to just, you know, strive for it and get to it. And so, yeah, that's kind of about my family. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Okay. So we're three. Okay. And now I actually have a, another brother because I got married and, you know, came into the family. My, my wife's, my wife has one sibling, her brother. So mm. I guess okay. two brothers and one sister. Oh, but. that's nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I have one brother here right now for Thanksgiving. That's so fun. That, that must be fun, fun, huh? It is. It is fun. <laughs> anyway, um, you talked about your, uh, your faith. Um, right. How much has that played a part in how you view, you know, people in general and people who are struggling? Cause yeah. Yeah. Like we're here to talk about certain issues right. um, that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Um, um, the whole point of Re- Revive Ministries podcast is showcase recovery right. for those who are living it, those who people who work with them and those family and friends. And you are one who works with them. You know, mm-hmm. um, you see a lot, you know, you, you're pretty new but at the same time you've seen a lot it's been yeah, almost a year yeah. or so right or over right. a year and a year's a lot of time especially dealing with a lot of different people yeah, can you just yeah. tell me a little bit how your faith played a part like before right. just give us a little like a little overview of how your faith was built when you were young okay. until okay. now and yeah and yeah so uh like i said my my parents i was pretty much born and raised in the church there my parents both my parents were very active especially through music my mom and my dad both loved music through singing and playing instruments. And so music and faith was really important. And I think today I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for people seeing the, the talents that I had received, you know, and the ability to pick up music, whatever it is. Um, and had it, if, I, if people hadn't spent time, you know, investing in that and inviting me to do different things. And so I think, yeah, faith really does play a big part into who I am and what how I've, what I've become. Because it, I think one of the first things is that it helps me have a... Uh, interesting outlook into life that a lot of people may not have that don't have faith you know yeah and so I think yeah when and in the terms of one thing that really comes to mind is just seeing how the world operates in terms of like this you know uh, it's all about you and you're fighting for yourself and that's it and 
in reality, you know, you have faith that really comes in play and says, you know, it's not necessarily just about you. It's about helping others and helping the world and, and living the life the way God lives it. And, and it's a life of love and of self-sacrifice and of service. And so I think that changes my mindset of when I look at different opportunities and things. And I'm not always, I'm not just looking to do stuff or complete or task or or receive things just so I can benefit myself and further myself and my family. I'm looking actually to the things that can help, you know, others around me um, and the like. So, yeah, I think it really does affect kind of my outlook about life and how I react with others and relate with others. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how, you know faith has kind of played a, a part there it was kind of church was all we did growing up right and so there almost 24 7 um but when i was younger i was kind of like i don't know if i want to do this or but um now that i look back i'm like i'm very thankful that i was in in the community an environment that was helping uh grow who i was and, and form who i am today and uh just very indebted to that you know i know a lot of people don't have that privilege of being in a community that is you know, a healthy community that is wanting growth, positive growth and whatnot. So, yeah, definitely really indebted to to my faith and the faith community I was a part of growing up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, me being kind of new in the faith. Yeah. You know, I am. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I got baptized in 30. <laughs> yeah. So um, the thing is, um, but you would never know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but at the same time, I really appreciate it. I like, yeah. I like really understanding a little bit about that and yeah. the struggles of that, of like kind of having to unlearn a lot of things. Right. That's you know what I mean? Point. The That's thing is point. like we as Christians just try to, um, we kind of uh, unfortunately put up walls sometimes because yeah. we're just so fearful of being contaminated by right, people right. outside. But I just want to, before even touching that, because it's, you could go as deep as you want yeah, with that, but I yeah. just want to go with a question that um, you've seen a lot of people at this point. You know, we talked mm -hmm. about that you work in the community as associate pastor, and right. you experience people struggling in, in, let's just say, mental health and substance abuse problems. And yeah. what have you noticed that has changed your outlook now mm -hmm. that you're working in as wow. a leader, as opposed to just being in the church as a <laughs> yeah, as a yeah, person yeah, yeah. seeing it right, from right. that side. Man, yeah, that's a good question. I think one thing for sure, as a, as a leader and as a pastor that has the the availability and the access to the you know depths of people's homes, you know, many times when you come to church, you don't really see. You just have a nice front. But being a pastor, I've been able to be privileged into these dark moment places that people have, and you know the struggles that people actually face that you would never know. And so I, it's funny. I talk with my 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 lead pastor every all the time whenever we do visitations and stuff, and you. Or even just meeting or hearing of things on, that are happening in the city and you're like if people would know you know it's just crazy you just don't know what people are going through so i think um i think definitely being a a pastor has has allowed me to see that everyone has issues and everyone has problems right um everyone is dealing with some sort of issues with their family with their own physical being well-being or whether it be mental well-being um with you know their schooling with their work like everyone is dealing with something so it's helped me to have this viewpoint of of never looking down on others because you don't have many most of the time you don't have the full story of what they're going through right yeah and so that's kind of helped and then when we've seen some instances with substance abuse and the just how sad it is you kind of see this cycle you know and I, I think about it like just you know bringing in faith and in, in the bible into this in, in terms of sin and how we desire to do evil and so you know we look for remedies to to help our lives apart from god and apart from faith and then these remedies whether that be drugs or alcohol whatever it is it 
kind of it's like a downward spiral you yeah. know and then you, you 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 abuse the those substances and then after that you have repercussions and then you just keep doing it and it's just like a never-ending cycle and it's sad to see people in that cycle that feel that they can't break out right it's that's just it's yeah it just breaks my heart so it's definitely seeing that and, and like i said just being able to giving access to the, the intimate lives of people has really you know shaped yeah. my kind of changed my mindset i'm like wow everyone is dealing with something you know there's just so many layers there you know, are i am um, i do a lot of groups and one of the things that's heartbreaking is how many times they're surrounded by people mm. who support them right. quote unquote who say what they can't do mm. what they can't do and the thing that <laughs> that is struggle is just you know the lies we li- that we believe yeah. in our yeah. lives so like i'm you know, we're reading that. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say it's a little plug, that, a little plug, a little pl- plug. <laughs> but that that it really helps because it's, it's a good book. Yeah. Um, I'll put it in the notes. The book, but the thing is, um, you know, the idea of if I do not perform, hmm. my value is hinges on me performing well. Mm-hmm. And just imagine a person who's like a perfectionist, mm. someone who always been pressured. And let's right, say, right. for instance, I don't know, the job that they were in, like, let's say this, you know, the example in the book was real estate. And when the right. real estate bubble happened, mm-hmm. like, how did that person get back? He was making a good living and then all that crashed down. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing I like about uh, kind of, kind of, reframing right and really seeing the big picture when you see that we're more valued than mm. just if we hinge if everything hinges on us performing or whether we're liked or yeah. whether everyone likes us per, per se or we don't make mistakes mm-hmm. it it leads to some really really stressful yeah. situations yeah. a very narrow outlook on mm-hmm. what is out there and yeah. i see people struggling with substance abuse yeah. mental health kind of seeing getting trapped in this idea of what they can't do mm. they they have such a small view of what life looks that's like that's a good point yeah and um i'm sure you saw that many a times because mm-hmm. they kind of repeat what they say you right, know they right, keep right. repeating and what i've had a lot of times i, I don't know for me mm-hmm. being uh, you know i was a leader i am yeah. a leader in, in the church in a sense yes, sir. and the thing is um you kind of see that um people kind of gravitate to the idea that um um they they can't they can't do it because of this and they're just stuck on it mm. but they don't really see that there's more there's right. more to that picture right and they're stuck on these ideas that i'm not good enough uh, and they try to seek validation elsewhere you know right uh, you know whether you're a christian or not this is not one to proselyze but i do embrace the the value of mm-hmm. having meaning and having something right. in life and finding people putting validations on people mm-hmm. or jobs or things or titles yeah. I find is very toxic and yeah. leads to a yeah. very bad yeah. experience. Yeah. Any comments on that? Yeah, I think yeah, I've seen that. I remember, um, yeah, just being a young uh, student, you know, going through religion to theology. I was uh, spending a year abroad teaching english and i had a conversation with someone that didn't wasn't faith didn't have uh, ascribed to any faith right yeah and they said yeah i'm an atheist and i was like wow you know growing up christian adventism like wow what do you mean you you know how do you have a happy life without god you know i was kind of naive you know in the sense of that and she's like you know i do have a good life you know i'm a good person i do good things um 
and so it was interesting as we communicated because as the months went by and we were i was working with her and teaching her english um we something i think her, her mom passed away right yeah. and i kind of you were saying when we put you know when we when we make our foundations on our family our career our titles our income our reputation you know at one point something's gonna happen that's gonna shake us and if we don't have a foundation that's beyond us mm -hmm. you know then it's gonna fall down i remember there's a story you share about that a family and that lost the the woman that lost her husband and how yeah. she spiraled down and it's just it's it's true like you see that and not saying that okay everyone you know we're not trying to proselytize too but i'm just saying you know like you're saying we, we i think we do need a motivation and some sort of um pushing factor that is beyond us right yeah, because exactly. there's going to be moments where whatever it is that we're holding on to that we can provide or become or do will fall and fail you know and so understanding that one thing i always say is if you know what the why is mm. then the how is easier okay That's like good i like the that. why like yeah. why am i here right why am i doing this right why those existential so, questions yeah, just, yeah why the thing is the the how gets easier. I see so many people in recovery or right. people in life, they're just doing a lot of hows. Mm. And they, yeah. they, they do it half. Yeah. Half of them, they don't even finish. <laughs> and they're just they're just struggling. And they're just they're all spinning and they're always trying to find validation. Just trying to say, hey, look at me, look at what I've done. But at the same time, how much how much is easier when you just know where the direction is? I, I read an article, you know, I do a holistic recovery group, and one of the things that I stress on yeah. is finding meaning. Hmm. And for me and Sebastian is our faith. Yeah. Faith really centers yeah. us because at the very least, it's something bigger and beyond us. Yeah. And it's yeah. just something for me grounds me because I know I can be selfish. Yeah. I know, you know, when I look at people and I, I look at how how it's about numero one. Yeah. Me, yeah. You know? And yeah. at the same me, time, like how how can we go out and actually outreach how can mm -hmm. we really mm -hmm. reach out to these people that we're talking about yeah when we're all concerned about ourselves right right you know, we we're, we're gonna we're talking about being christian a lot of times i struggle with the people who know a lot about the mm. bible but mm -hmm. they're very impersonal yeah and then whether they reflect right very impersonal right. that's good and a lot of people don't want to deal with yeah them. yeah yeah you're like ah, yeah you're smart but yeah it's i don't just, want to be your friend <laughs> exactly and, and the thing is this is just things that i feel yeah is fundamental as a leader mm -hmm. in the community that we have to be personable um you know you probably know like when you talk to people like even in the bible right jesus was very specific at how he talked to specific people right right because it's about being digestible i remember you know if, it, if they can't digest it then it doesn't matter what he said yeah yeah so like for you for when you're seeing someone in crisis mm -hmm. going back to yeah. um you as um a leader and yeah. they're saying stuff mm -hmm. that really you don't agree with right? yeah mm -hmm. uh for me at first i'm like i used to be even when i wasn't christian i wanted to tell them what they're doing right wrong. right 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 but now i learned and you've learned and we talked about this mm -hmm. is as long as, at least for me as long as they're not they're not in the ability to harm themselves right or others, immediately yeah. uh, themselves or others mm -hmm. it's not an immediate action i yeah. just listen yes. let's talk about yes. listening That's and uh, why is that important when yeah, you talk yeah. about people in crisis and people that were talking about mental health yeah i think yeah i think i take my counsel and we've talked about this from james one that says be slow to speak slow to anger but quick to listen right yeah. and um, and I think that there's value in that. I think we, we kind of brush it off and we're like, oh, okay. I, I, I think many times we, 
we think we're hearing or we think we're listening, but we're not actually comprehending what the people are saying. And I think it's important in any situation. And I've seen that um, as pastoring too. It's so easy to be a fixer and a doer. And that comes kind of comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in conversations and I'm already seeing like the flags, the red flags or the things. And I'm like, you need to stop doing this or you need to start doing this. Right. And uh, but you're like you're saying that there's value that I've seen and I've learned from my from my mentor pastor the value of allowing the person to to find and come to their own conclusion and to make their own decision not me feeding them what they're supposed to do but them it's kind of more i feel like i've, I've become more i'm trying to become more of like a coach yeah that i'm trying to you know and I, hey you know for example if i was talking with you hey robert have you thought about this outcome or hey robert you mentioned this you know it feels like you're wanting here how does that look you know how do how why would you you know kind of asking these fundamental questions and um, I think that kind of changes everything and, and helps to allow whoever you're working with uh, for whatever situation they're in to kind of take a responsibility for the situation and to take it on their own hands and not just, you know, because if I as a pastor tell someone, hey, go do this and do that and do that and they go do it and it doesn't work, they're going to be like, but the pastor told me yeah. and it didn't work. And so and then the, the failure, they'll put it on me and they yeah. won't take responsibility for well, you know what I'm saying? So it, rather if they say, you know, hey, we work together and I think I should do this. Okay, it's not because the pastor told me, it's just because I think this is the best thing. So I think, yeah, being quick to listen and not feed answers, even though that's what they're gonna ask you yeah. to do, biting your lips or your, your tongue and saying, all right, you, I'm just gonna listen sometimes and maybe not even say anything and just try to help you be a, like a sounding board, you know, where yeah. you can where you can say stuff and, and get some feedback. but. But yeah, I think it's important to listen Yeah, as a yeah. leader, for sure. Yeah, because the thing is, ultimately, you have to assess the situation. Oh, is yeah. It, yeah. Is this person safe? Mm-hmm. Is this person safe alone? That's a good point. <laughs> is yeah. he, like, if they are, then let's listen. How many people in this world right. just want to be heard? That's it, yeah. It, it's it. not even like they're even going to go bo- go about what they're saying. Right. They just have no one to listen no to one, yeah. No one even wants to bother to listen yeah. to them. Yeah. And it could be even their own family doesn't yeah. want to hear them. It's sad. It's sad, yeah. It is sad because, but, but the thing is, we that's the kind of world we live in. And unfortunately, yeah, so we, um, we look at these situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know the whole point of this podcast is to reshape and look at the idea of recovery. People right, who right. choose to get themselves better. And mm-hmm. when I look at recovery, I kind of look at it this way. It's never do they think that they made it. Yeah, and I talk to people in my mental health groups. They know that it'll be a lifetime. Even right, myself, right, right, right. being up here, I know it'll be a lifetime. That'll it's be a journey good. of a lifetime. But, yeah. but the thing is, I think it sets a really good model mm-hmm. because it's never about getting somewhere. It's about staying present, mm-hmm. moving, and bettering yourself. When you fall, when you fail, you get up. Yeah. yeah and w- with our context of our beliefs, we have we have the advocate. We have mm-hmm. that intercessory that yeah, that's yeah. there for us. But at the same time. It's really just, you know, people are so afraid now to fail, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. to really fail. I feel like we learn a lot more from our failures than yeah. we do all those things we do good. No, at. that's true. That's true. Yeah. And like for us, like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to laugh that I'm going to mention yeah. this, but uh, when I play Battlefront, right? uh-huh. the game, <laughs> I'm about to win. There's four on four. You can imagine how many of the other team drops off, like just ends, yeah. enters, ends the game. So it's like two people left. Uh-oh. And the funny thing about it is that's the whole mentality that I cannot lose. Yeah. I cannot lose because, and then I'm like, 
really shortchanging yourself because there's a lot of good lessons. Yeah. From losing, from losing. Uh, losing yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, and it's just one of those things that unfortunately That's so true. get um, underneath. Yeah, um, and, and I think we're, we're so afraid of failure sometimes and of losing that we don't go through those experiences. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, there's so much value in, in coming out of that because you're like, okay, I know what I have to do now. Whereas sometimes when you're just successful all the time, you're kind of like, was it really you or you just got on top? You know, you got to what you're doing at the right time, at the right place, and you were the right person. So I think, yeah, something that Michael Jordan used to say um, was that you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Yeah. So a lot of us just set ourselves up for failure because we're not actually attempting to even try. You know, not yeah. trying means we're already failing. So you're already, you know, just moving, taking that first step and taking that first initiative to just, all right, I'm going to just try and attempt to do something different is just a sign of a, it's a positive sign, I think, and it's a, it's a sign of growth. And the reality is that growth many times doesn't occur without some friction and tension. And yeah. it's that tension and friction that causes you to, okay, I need to move, I need to grow, I need to change, you know? Yeah. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the idea of, you know, growing pains, you know, the yeah, idea of good. just, the idea of just, you know, so, some things are painful that you go through, right. but you come out stronger, you yeah. know? You know, I just feel that, um, feeling feelings is a, a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. The thing is, there's definitely certain highs that you're always gonna remember. Right, uh, right, right, right. But the lows are not always like as bad as they are at the moment. They are bad. But then later down, and let's say it's your spouse or your your friend or whatever the situation was, and you're still together, you made it through. You look back and you're like, that was a growing experience. Yeah. Yeah, that was just, and for me, we're talking about mental health. We're talking about substance abuse. We're yeah. talking about all these people mm -hmm. who get marginalized, kind of yeah. get thrown in the side because mm -hmm. they're just saying what they can't do. Yeah. And it breaks my heart because substance abuse, I will say this, you know, there's a chemical component. Mm -hmm. And like, really, you have to want to, to, to stop it. And the thing right. is, there's going to be a lot of people, even when you get clean, mm -hmm. they're going to look at you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about yeah, this yeah, person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't trust I, them. Yeah. Even mental health. Like, I, I even experienced it myself. Me, mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot better. Uh, all this stuff. And I still see people look at me, even mm -hmm. in my family, of the person in and out of hospitals. Yeah. In and yeah. out. Again, Baker Act. All this stuff. So it's that image like, they have. They're, of just, like, right, they're right. just like, they're just like, there's just, it's just, but you have to be, you have to know why the why is. You have yeah. to know why yeah. you're doing yeah. what you're doing. Because, Honestly, what what was the biggest thing for me was I realized the trajectory I was going. I was mm -hmm. like, even if I got because you know the, the VA and I was trying to get, even if I got some nice nest egg, yeah. I refused to just be by myself. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Shoving pills in my face mm -hmm. and that's my life. You know, I just refused and. You get to that moment when you get that epiphany. I feel like the the veils do get open when you get when yeah, you yeah. Get, the veil gets yeah. lifted. Yeah. yeah, when you start to see things for what they are, and mm -hmm. it is scary and it is painful when you yeah. start to see. But you know, us as leaders, it's one of the things that we have to yeah. to keep growing. There's oh, always yeah. growth. Yeah, right? there's always and, growth. Uh, I want you to talk about a little bit about your growth, starting out okay. as the pastor yeah. in the beginning and where you are right now. Yeah. So as a pat, yeah, as a pastor, you're coming out of school and you have the, all this head knowledge and what you think is important. You know, you have theology and you know you've been studying about God and beliefs and doctrines and understandings of what you know Christian faith has decided is is you know 
is true and you know and and so you have all this head knowledge and then you get to the church to the local level and you're like wow it's different from what the books share it because it's you're dealing with so much more relational aspects rather than just things that people believe obviously i think uh, something i learned when i was younger was that you know you will either change your beliefs because of your behavior or you'll change your behavior because of your beliefs right yeah. so i do think that i think beliefs and what we believe is very important but one thing I've seen more than anything is just a relational component of how important it is for people to know that you are actually there, that you're actually listening. And as a pastor, I think that's one of the first things that I've learned, that it's not just always about events and information and sharing information, but it's more about living life together um, that I've seen. And so I think I've grown in that aspect of, I'm, I'm you know, learning more of what, what it means to really be, I guess, maybe successful and effective in ministry, you know? Yeah which is interesting yeah i have one word to ask you Uh-oh. follow up follow up yeah how important is that oh yeah follow <laughs> I, it's, I think it's crucial yeah i think not just that but he's also like going on with that before the follow-up is just like visitation too yeah, visitation um something that i really appreciate from my lead pastor is that we go you know he, he's been doing this for years but and i've tagged along with him is you know two or three times a week we're out visiting you know church members or potential church members or people that just want visits and prayer and just seeing the impact of what it's like to be in, you know, in the in the in the hearts of in the homes of people, and then following up too, you know, yeah. of once people have decided whether to join the faith or whatever, or not just that, you know, if you just not forgetting, you know. So one thing I do, and I want to shout out Zach for at the spot, in the nutrition spot here in, in Palm Coast. Uh-huh. He has a a, a, uh, a juicing place, and uh, my barber is actually like. Five, two minutes up the road from his place right oh, yeah. and we've made a connection through creation health creation mm-hmm. life yeah and so every time i get a haircut every two weeks you know we text every so often as well but every two weeks after my haircut i always stop in at his spot mm-hmm. and so every time i go in he's like oh you got a haircut today i was mm-hmm. like yeah so i visited him today because i got a haircut mm-hmm. and so it's just nice to have that follow-up and i think that that's a great way to to develop a friendship a relationship and a deeper connection with people you know and i think many times uh, I think many many people who have instances or, or, or situation or, or or what's it called? Yeah, instances with the faith and have some experiences. They've seen the faith to be one that where they were trying. It's like a bait and switch. They were trying to have you accept whatever it was the church that was there or become baptized or be, you know follow Christ. And once you did that, they're like, you're on your own. That's it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of like, what? I thought there was more to this, you know? Yeah. You, so you only got me because it looks good on your yeah. evaluation at the end of the year because you got an extra person to come yeah. into your church or community. Right, right. So just, yeah, understand. Yeah, I think, yeah, very impersonal. That's a good point. Con- connection, such a big part. Yeah, it really is. Uh, when it comes to dealing with people in life in general, mm-hmm. you know, just think about it, at all aspects. Yeah. You know, I've, yeah. I, was, uh, I was in the military and... Um, a lot of it is connection because mm-hmm. like if you don't work well with people you are you're ser- you're serving the country it doesn't right. work well and yeah. the thing is yeah. they really just kind of break you down in the beginning and then they they make you they, they always talk about in the military the camaraderie that's there you may not even agree you might have the worst habits but you guys will work together because you know you're all in one right you have this right. oneness the one thing i would say is that when it comes to connections you you know you find it's just strange how how um how nowadays it's it's it has become we are more connected but we're less connected oh there's yeah. so many platforms oh, yeah. to connect but i see i still see people 
just feeling so lonely and how yeah. is that like yeah like there's crazy there's facebook there's yeah. all this yeah. stuff and yeah. people still feel like they're all alone mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting Bar- the barna study group did a they've done they've been doing studies for years on on christians and faith and, and non-religious people as well and what they think of religion and they did a study on millennials and gen z i know millennials is now the cringy word for us young people because like the millennials you know and, <laughs> Yeah. But millennials ranging now from the, you know, from ages, you know, uh, zero to zero to um, like 35 or whatever. And so that's between millennials and Gen Z. Right. And so they say that this these two generations are the most connected ever and yet the most loneliest and depressed. Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting because you're like in, in my mind, I'm like, OK, if we're the most connected, that means we shouldn't be lonely because we can be connected literally 24 hours a day. You can be connected to someone no matter where they are. You know, they can be in Australia. They can be here or in the same city. You can be your neighbors. But I think the reality is that that these connections that we have, whether that be face, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, even podcasting. I think it's a kind of an impersonal connection. Yeah. And I think it speaks to the necessity of having real face to face connection yeah. with people. Right. I, yeah. I think because you can you can have you can have so many followers and thousands of people following you and liking your your tweets and liking your videos and sharing your content but for some reason like it still feels empty at the end of the day it just feels like it's not real in a sense right and i i think that speaks to the importance of us actually being a part of a community whatever that whether that's maybe it's a sports team in your church you know in your in your city a church yeah a support group whatever it is but it just speaks to the importance of physical face-to-face connection that i think we need yeah, we do, and you know, um, I remember seeing this one picture in a restaurant. Yeah, the whole family's there. Everyone's on their phones. Yeah, yeah. Not even looking. And you're like, <laughs> it's crazy. And, and, I, yeah, and I, can't, crazy. I can't, I can't, be mad at them because I'm. I doing do the, the same, same thing. thing. Right, right. We do the same thing. We've just been conditioned to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even think about it. When you're in a conversation at a table, and I, I'm sure most of you, if you're on your phone. The conversations aren't started from the with the people there. They're coming from like your phone content, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, oh, check out this picture. Yeah. Oh, look at this video, right? Every and so the the phones, our phones and tablets, whatever it is, are now the sources of our entertainment 100% of the time, which is crazy because you try to take the phones away, and you're sitting there and you're like, what are we talking about? You know, it's just yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then now going back to these people, yeah, who's been telling them people have been telling them what they can't do right and then they're just you know they're homeless you see them mm-hmm. a lot they're homeless mm-hmm. you know, there's all these things and um you just kind of wonder yeah what's their story and we talk about context all these layers and um i feel that for us and this podcast is yeah. that not all recovery is just every individual's recovery is different yeah and yeah. It's, it's very it's different what works for them you know um i feel that um us as leaders us as people who work with people who are in crisis we have to be very tactful right of what we say you know about old mm-hmm. saying sticks and stones don't break my bones but words will <laughs> never hurt me yeah. is really not the, the complete opposite yeah. because really i've seen just a few words just destroy yep relationships because what they just they just they're just so focused on 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 this idea that you know yeah. they've been hurt mm. and then that person has to reciprocate and, yeah. and reconcile and you know these people with substance abuse 
mental health or whatever who are feeling victims yep. really don't feel like there's any way to break free from that hmm. and i hmm. feel like it's hard because we live in flag economy yeah and you see it all the time the, the suicide rate is not great mm-hmm. and you're wondering why and you know people don't want to talk about it and us as leaders are just wondering what could we do mm-hmm. um in the church you know we we try to be we try to make that no one falls in the cracks right and the idea is like make if sure someone that, doesn't yeah. show up to church you follow up few, yeah we check on them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I do like the idea of the small group mentality. Yeah. The small group, because the thing is, large people, even if you have a lot of people in the yeah. church, you could feel lonely too. Yeah. You could be yeah. like around a just lot like, of people mm-hmm. and feel like no one is listening. You feel to like you. just another number, just a random person. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to ask you these two yeah, yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What would you see like to happen? And I'm mm-hmm. not just saying this community, and communities in general, in better regards, how they would, how would they connect with the mental health community those people because yeah. i feel a lot of the hurdle is how they view yeah. those people that's it and because because if you look at it different if you look mm-hmm. at a person struggling with mental health or yeah. substance abuse not as they done it to themselves right or right or which is what we always person, think yeah as and then treat them like they could be my brother mm-hmm. they could be my sister yeah. they could be yeah. my mother they could be all these people. I go this last Monday. I went to CIT and mm-hmm. I, I tell my story. And all the police officers, because they go through this training, be more sensitive to Baker Acts. Baker Acts mm-hmm. is when they kind of force someone into inpatient because yeah, of the yeah. crisis situation. And I always say to them, just like you know, they can't. You can't have. You start off thinking us and them. Right. You should never. Yeah write anyone off because they all have context you can just say oh this person's on heroin mm-hmm. this is how it is you don't understand i remember this one story of a person this girl i'm not gonna say her name mm-hmm. she was molested by her dad mm-hmm. and then when she was a teenager she didn't want to be touched yeah so because she was like an attractive woman a lot of people wanted to be wanted Around to be with her, her. with her yeah so she just she felt the pressure. She felt mm. the pressure to be liked. Yeah. Right? And then what happened? What happened after that? She used substances so mm. she get could be touched. Wow. You know what I mean? And then that rolled down. And then like 10, 15 years later, she's like so like withered down from all the all the substances that used. Yeah. And I could see people, unfortunately, look at her and say she did it to herself. Wow. Where was someone during that whole period? To help her, to right, help her. right. And to, to, to the choice. The thing is, people fall through the cracks. So do the whole thing about this podcast is to reshape and reframe mm-hmm. how we look mm-hmm. at recovery. If someone's willing to have to get help, we should have the, the tools and resources there to for to assist. Yep. And um, I just want to ask you mm-hmm. the question: How would you think? And not just you know, not right. just your church. What do you think the churches could do better? Yeah. Regards to their out their outlook mm-hmm. on mental mental health and, and uh, substance abuse yeah you know because yeah. i feel no no you go ahead first <laughs> yeah no i think yeah just like you kind of talked about but the community i think yeah i think we would all benefit um especially in the church having a uh not having you know because we just have negative stereotypes of mental health and you know always the talk of the town is you know if someone i remember growing up and i grew up in a latino church in a hispanic community 
And so even in the Hispanic community, you're looking at mental health and counselors and therapy, and it's always like taboo. You know, if someone's yeah. going there, you just think they're just crazy. Yeah. And the reality is most people would need would benefit from going to therapy yeah. and counseling sessions, you know. And so I think, yeah, the first thing that needs to happen, and I think I've seen it, I'm beginning to see a positive change in that direction, is is seeing mental health in the way that we see physical health, right? Yeah. Um, not just seeing it as like, you know, usually we talk about mental health and we're like, oh, that's crazy. But, you know, just, you know, think about someone, and I've seen this in the church, someone comes in and says, oh, I have stage two cancer. And the whole church says, oh, no, we're going to rally around you. We're going to pray for you, whatever you need. We're cooked for you. And then someone comes around to the same church and can say, I, hey, I am dealing with uh, uh, depression yeah. or, 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 or um, you know, anything like that, mental health related. And people are like, oh. Just yeah. pray it, you know, pray it away and it'll leave. You know, it's, it's you know, you have the demon in you, you have a, you have the devils and you know, and so it's interesting how we approach physical health and mental health so differently. And yet we are composed of both physical and mental, right? We yeah. have our mind, we have a body. And so I think yeah, that's the first thing that needs to do is the outlook that we have. And as a church, I think we are moving in that direction, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're getting to the point where we're saying we're understanding that, first of all, not just looking at others, we're looking at ourselves and saying, man, I have a lot of baggage with me from my childhood yeah. or from different events that I've had. It would benefit me if I went to talk to someone about it and work through it, right? Yeah. And then also seeing others as as uh, as people that need help and that need community, right? And so whatever they're going through with related to their mental health, not seeing it in such a negative light compared to people that are going through different ailments and, and, and things in their physical health. So yeah, I think the first thing that needs to happen is have a better outlook and the second thing i would just say is kind of what i think the same thing that would happen in the community is trying to find more avenues and opportunities for people that are dealing with mental health uh issues to find some sort of relief and some sort of community whether that be through small groups and having a place where they can come in and feel and just communicate what they're going through and have a a, a, an, a, a small intimate gathering of people that are like hey you're going through depression i'm going through depression too we can help each other out or just having resources. And I think one thing that we need to do, and I'm, that's why I'm thankful you're at our church and helping out with your knowledge and expertise and connection to the community, but also for churches to have a, a, a resource, maybe even if that's a pamphlet or something that they can give to members and say, hey, look, if you're looking for Christian counselors in the area, this is where you can go. If you're looking for, uh, you know, uh, social workers or people that will, whatever it is, you know, facilities that can assist you and help you in, uh, um, these are the names and the contacts you can make contact to and and also having some awareness weekends and, and weeks and, and emphasis where you can say, hey, look, we're speaking on this issue and we're talking about this. And I think it's important for everyone to just take a look at themselves and say, do I need this or do I know someone that needs this help? And instead of you coming and judging them, saying, hey, you know, I, I have a lot of problems just like you and it may not be in the same thing. I may not be dealing with depression, but we can help each other out. And so, so yeah, what those two things, I think just changing the outlook and the perspective that we have when it comes to mental health and uh, substance abuse and also providing resources and help in whatever way possible. But, you know, yeah, you know, I like what you say about resources, because the thing is, um, we can't assume nowadays it's just not going to enter our churches. Right. Yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. just say, oh, they're not just... <laughs> people like it's out there it's, it's out, out in the out world there. yeah it's actually almost i would say dare to say reckless to not have information for someone mm -hmm. if they come in because if 
the last thing you want is someone to come in and you know you can't control you can't control anything you know yeah. everyone has their own temperament everyone's going through their own thing right right and then let's say someone who was struggling he said this is my last effort mm-hmm. yeah to get connected and someone just drops the ball and they even notice it yeah and you can't yeah. really blame that person but if there was a resource yeah that if yeah. you felt like someone was struggling that you'd point them to a prefer mm-hmm. professional yeah well i'm not a professional smash is not a professional nope. we know that there are people <laughs> yeah. who are and yeah. that will be able to get the crisis part down everything else is mm-hmm. all inclusive that's why everyone plays a part right you know I mean? right right just getting the medicine or getting the treatment is not everything yeah. it's also the yeah. relationships you have mm-hmm. building on them getting connected in the community however that may be yeah all of them play and having part. that trust that you're going somewhere where you're not getting judged every week that you go right if just saying hey you know uh, you can come to this place as you are we're in this journey together and you can struggle with your struggles and we're going to just pray together and ask God to, you know, lead us to the resources that we need and to the help that we need and, you know, and all that. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you, Sebastian, for showing oh, no. up. Yeah, and, yeah um, for sure. I just want to love it. I just want uh, to ask you, where can people find you if they want to see Palm Coast. You're, <laughs> no, no, you're, you're trending up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. You're talking about you're giving me time to plug my stuff in. Yeah, I'm giving you time. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so if a buddy and my uh, from college, we are both pastors. We started this podcast earlier this year called Trending Up. You can find us on Spotify podcast, um, Apple podcast, you know, Anchor, um, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. And pretty much in a nutshell, the podcast is a we had the desire to help others that were maybe new to the faith or were in the faith and didn't know how their Christianity applied to their lives. And so we talk about different issues and different topics. Um, and we just give our perspective of how life should apply. So one of the episodes we just recorded was Jesus and culture and how, how our faith should, how our faith interacts with culture, what, what, you know, how that looks. We've also had an Enneagram series. We've gone through any, every type of the Enneagram, which I thought was very fascinating. So yeah, trending up is really cool. It's something we've been learning. We've been trying out and we've been having a lot of fun and good good feedback. So check it out. Yeah, like I said, anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, yeah, that's kind of where you can find that. I mean, you can find me on social media too, but yeah. I'm not super active on that, but you can follow me, Sebastian well, Lopez. <laughs> well, anyway, I just want to also let everyone know that you can also find uh, all the updates for Revive Ministries podcast yeah. on the Revive Ministry website, which is reviveministriesfl.com. Ooh. All the... Th- all all these notes with trending up and everything will be in the awesome. in the notes. Uh, I think that's about it. Thank yeah. you for yeah. listening. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you guys. For, yeah. No, thank you, Robert. I appreciate you, man. And um, yeah, and I look forward. We're pushing out two um, two uploads a month through the holidays. So nice. um, uh, just look look out at the website. I'll I'll give updates on uh, when it's going to be. November is already done, so we're going to be doing two episodes in December and two in January. So, yeah, so um, I hope you guys have a great holidays and the holidays right now. I know, so, it's crazy, it's right? Crazy. The end of the year, wow. So um, whenever this gets uploaded, I hope everything goes well. And, yeah, um, yeah have a blessed day. Thanks. See you guys. Bye.